Welcome to the Access Youth Ministry Podcast, the podcast that believes that faith in Jesus changes things. I know it because it's changed me, and I know it can change you as well. My name's Addison Smith, and for the last few weeks, we've been talking about basically the ideal. What did God create humanity to do and to be? What was the earth like when it was created? We talked about our creator. We've talked about the image of God. And for the last three weeks, we've talked about order and chaos. And we've seen how the world has descended into chaos apart from God. But in this week's episode, we're going to begin starting the new human project where God takes the chaos of humanity separated from him and begins to remake it back into his image. And where does he start? With the children of Israel. Don't believe me? Listen in. Here we go. So we have covered quite a lot of things. Now today, I am by myself. I don't have a teenager with me. We're going to begin, I'm going to begin giving them more time to prepare as we study through these things together. So, uh... I'm excited to see how we bring this podcast forward. I also want to try to get other people on the podcast like we did last time with Brother AJ. And so you don't just have to hear my ideas and my thoughts, but you'll hear a couple different viewpoints and bouncing back and forth off each other. Um, But today I just kind of want to see where we're going and move forward from there. We've covered a lot. We've talked about, you know, our creator. We've talked about the image of God. We talked about the garden temple. And most recently we've talked about order and chaos, and they've been phenomenal uh, topics, and it's amazing. I I didn't used to view the Bible this way as this one cohesive story, but as you study it out, you'll begin to see there's this one constant thing that goes through the entire Bible. It's one big story with multiple themes that begin in Genesis and are wrapped up in Revelation, and it just goes all the way through with Jesus being the climax. If you've studied literature, you'll know the plot structure. If you if you haven't studied literature, I challenge you to look it up online, and you'll find that the plot structure, it kind of starts off with the uh, little exposition, the little beginning. There's a narrative hook, and then you'll see it start to take a sharp uptick, you know, starts going up, and that's called the rising action, and everything is building. Everything's going forward. So at the, at the narrative hook, you know, before it starts the rising action, it, it, there's some conflict that's introduced. So we have the exposition, which is the normal. That's the ideal, right? And we've talked about the ideal with the image of God and the and the Garden of Eden. We've talked about our purpose. We've talked about how God ordered everything and our relationship with God. But then what happens is there's that that sharp turn where there's a narrative hook where chaos is introduced, where a problem is introduced. And this problem has to be solved. And that whole rising action as it's moving upwards is all of these different conflicts and things trying to be resolved. And so that's where you get your action from, is from the the chaos and from the conflict trying to be resolved. I mean, none of us want to go read a book where there's no conflict. It's, it's as boring as watching grass grow. There has to be good conflict good conflict with good characters and the conflict is what gives rise to the story and so as you're rising up this action you'll finally hit the tipping point which is called the climax where finally it is at least there's a point in the story where the fatal blow has been dealt and now we know that the characters are going to win that's the climax although everything might not be tied up yet we know who is the winner and in the bible that's christ 
That's the climax. When he dies on the cross, that's the climax. Now, not everything is put back the way it's supposed to be. We still have sin in the world. We still aren't perfectly the images of God. We still don't have this uh, Garden of Eden where God dwells with man yet. But we know who's one because of the climax. And then after the climax, it begins to descend. That's called the falling action, where it's beginning to wrap up all the details, showing how the climax basically affects the fallen world. And then you end with the resolution, where it's a new normal, where things are back to the way they're supposed to be, but a little bit different, but oftentimes better than they were at the beginning because of the conflict. And the Bible is laid out in the exact same way. And we've really talked about the exposition, you know, we've talked about the beginning, the normal, the ideal. And we began talking a little bit about the narrative hook, where the conflict is introduced at the fall, and how that fall tended toward chaos. And as you study those few chapters, from the fall all the way till we begin to see Abraham called out in chapter 12, you'll see that all of the good things that were begun in the first few chapters of Genesis are beginning to become unraveled, okay? And you'll see the image of God. Our purpose was to rule and to reign like God would. We were supposed to be kind of his lower management. We were supposed to have his moral standard in our leadership. We were literally supposed to reflect him to everybody around us. When they looked at us, they should be able to see what God is like. That's the image of God. You're imaging God to people around you. But you'll see as we travel through Genesis after the fall, we see the exact opposite. We begin to see the image of God unravel. Yes, we are still images of God, but you see the the major, major defects and the flaws in our image, the brokenness of our image. When you see Lamech murdering and, and Cain murdering, and you, you see these civilizations that just thrive on violence to the point where God needs to send a flood to wipe out just this this disgusting race that's no longer good and just and moral. They're just always focused on violence and on wickedness and on hurting other people. And so God said, this is not what I created you to be. And But he saw a man, Noah, and he saved all of humanity through this one family. But then we see again, because of our broken nature, we just tend downward and we see Noah mess up and we, we continue on till we get to the Tower of Babel where everybody's just saying, you know what, we're going to redefine good and evil our own way, just a new uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're going to take this matter into our own hands. We will march right up into the throne room ourselves. We're going to build a tower that will reach right up there and we will be the rulers of this world. And God scatters them from the face of the earth. He sends them into exile, just like in the Garden of Eden. When they tried to seize power for themselves, they were scattered. They were exiled. And when these men, when these men and women who were building the tower tries to seize power for themselves, they were exiled. And we see this image of God going down. We see the image of the temple, God dwelling with man, going downhill. It seems like the further we go in the Genesis story, the further we get from God. The worse the story begins and the more distant the creator feels. It's not the temple, you know. That's what God created it to be, was like the temple. But it's not like that as you continue in Genesis. We see it becoming unraveled. And it's a sad story. It seems like there's no hope. I mean, we're no longer what we were created to be. We're no longer imaging God. We're no longer in his presence like the temple. And we also see what we were talking about with Brother AJ last time. We see this ordered world descend into chaos. 
just into chaos. All the lines that were drawn are seemingly being erased or moved, and we're seeing this well-ordered world descend into chaos. And so the question of the Bible now, as we get into chapter 12 of Genesis, is how's God going to deal with this? He already told him he's not going to send a flood to wipe everyone out again. That's not the way he's going to deal with it. But he he has to deal with this. He's not just going to let the world destroy itself. He's going to do something. But what is he going to do? I mean, the Bible doesn't end in Genesis chapter 11. What is God going to do? How is he going to deal with all of this decay, with all of this chaos and destruction, where everything that he created is going towards the opposite of what he created it to be? How will he deal with this? And we see that the way he deals with this is this one word, faith. Yeah, it sounds crazy. You say, I I don't quite follow. Don't worry. Just keep on holding on. But if you look back in the Garden of Eden, the reason humanity was broken was because they chose to take their faith off of God and his word. Okay, so remember, God's word is what ordered everything. And he gave humanity a choice whether or not to be ordered by his word. Okay, that's what the tree represents. He says, you know what? This is my word. This is what will give you structure and filling in life. If you listen to what I say, I've given you all of these trees. I've filled the garden with everything you could ever want, but here's one tree, and this is the escape hatch. If you don't want to be ordered by my word, if you want to order your own life by your own thoughts and by your own deeds, take this, but just realize you'll be separated from me, the giver of your life. That means death. If you're separated from life, just like if a, a computer is unplugged from the power outlet, it can't choose to stay alive. It's it's lacking the, the life source. Same with us. When we're disconnected from God, we can't say, well, I want both. God is the source of life. And he says, guys, if you choose to go away from me, if you choose to rebel, you will be cutting yourself off. And so it's a, it's a question of faith. Will they believe God's word? Or will they believe their own things and disbelieve God's word and choose to try to go their own route, which we learned in the last three episodes, only leads to chaos. And so if it was faith back then, if it was faith that literally ruined humanity, a lack of faith that ruined humanity, I saying, I'm not going to believe you, God, then it would make sense that God's going to look for somebody who will again believe him right? God's going to look for somebody who will again just believe God, his word, and allow God's word to order his life. That's what you would expect, right? If you hadn't read the Bible story, you see the problem was this people took their faith off of God. You would expect the resolution would be someone's going to put their faith back in God's word and allow it to begin to reorder their life. And we'll begin to see this image of God come back and this temple come back. And if that's the way you're thinking, you're thinking right, because that's exactly what we see in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 12, this is after, you know, the craziness of the flood and the Tower of Babel. We see after the exile of all humanity to the ends of the earth, we see in chapter 12 uh, of Genesis, it says this, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. This is a huge, huge passage. We're not going to dive into all of it right at this moment. But I'll tell you this. To leave your family, to leave everything you've known, and not even know where you're going, 
that's going to take faith, right? God's word has come to Abram. He says, you go, you go to a place that I will show you. I don't, I, I haven't shown you yet. I didn't tell you the destination. You can't plug it into your GPS, Abram, but this is the deal. I want to see, will you just trust my words? Will you let my words order your life? This is what's going to bring order and filling. This is what is going to begin the remaking of humanity. This is, as I've titled it, the beginning of the new human project. We've seen it descend so far down into chaos and destruction. We're going to start seeing uh, start seeing them come back out of this chaos, back towards what God wanted them to be, from the old broken humanity into a new humanity, from an old broken creation to a new creation, okay? And so Abraham has a choice to make. Back, back in chapter 12, he's still Abram, but here he is, and it says this in verse 4, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he went out of, Hab- of, of Haran. So we see here that he just goes. That's what he does. God says go. Abram trusts God's word, allows it to order his life, and we begin to see humanity taking a step back to what they were created to do and created to be. You know, most humans wouldn't have done that. Most humans, even today, if God asked them to walk by faith and just trust him, they won't. They want to, they want to define things their, their own ways. I see it in teenagers. I see it in, in adults. Human beings, we don't want to listen to God. We don't want to walk by faith. We want to define our own rules, our own terms. We want to live life our way. That's why. That's the reason America is the way it is. That's the reason the world is the way it is. We want to do things our own way, and it tends towards chaos. But we see Abram here doing the opposite. Now, as you move forward into Genesis chapter 15, God begins to make a covenant with Abram, okay? He begins to make a covenant with this man named Abram. And Abram, he tells him, hey, Abram, I'm going to give you a land, I'm going to give you a seed, and I'm going to give you a blessing, okay? So this, the blessing was in chapter 12, the land and the seed are in chapter 15, and this is what God is saying, I'm going to do this for you. And the Bible says in chapter, in chapter 15, verse number 8, it says this about Abram, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So I'm not making this up. It was faith that begins this new human project. God found somebody who was willing to exercise faith in his word, and this is where we get the initiation of the new human project, okay? And so maybe you're out there and you you've thought, okay, what is this whole deal? Why did God choose Israel? What's this like? Why didn't he just jump right to Jesus dying on the cross for our sins? Well, there's a few reasons why God chose Israel. Okay, now I'm not going to dive into all of them, and you can find out some on your own, do some own study. But I'm going to give you some of the reasons. First thing is God is narrowing the playing field. Okay, you say, what do you mean by that? Before this moment, basically any human alive could have been the snake crusher. Any human alive. And that's kind of confusing. You could, it could be your brother. It could be it could be anybody. Any seed of the woman. You could think anyone could be this snake crusher to come. And so it's pretty hard to determine who in the world is going to be this snake crusher that God has promised. And you can get to the point where it's so hard to find one that you just think 
No, there's not one coming. But what God does is he's beginning to narrow the playing field. He says, you know what? This this innate crusher, I'm narrowing it down. It's going to come. The blessing that's going to bless the entire world, this, this renewing is going to come through you, Abram. It's going to come through your seed. Okay, so now it's not just going to be anybody. It's not going to be a Hittite. It's not going to be an African-American. Like, I'm half African-American, I guess you could say. I'm half black. It's not going to be a white person. It's going to come through your family, Abram. It's going to come from your seed. That's where all of the earth is going to be blessed is through you. So God, just like the the rings on a target, is beginning to narrow it in towards the bullseye. Okay? That's one of the reasons. He chooses Israel to begin to bring his chosen one, his, his snake crusher, his snake bruiser. Okay? And you say, okay, well, how would we know that it was Israel? God wants to make it very clear. He wants us all, all of the nations to realize that if God's going to send somebody, it's going to come through this nation. And he does it because these, these people actually begin to image God again. If you, were, if you were reading this, you would expect to see these people who walk by faith would return to the ideal. And that's what we actually do see in the children of Israel. We see them begin to image God again. We'll talk about this more in the future. Maybe that will be our next episode, Israel as the image of God. But as you study it, that was their purpose. Their, their purpose was to be a light to the nations. Their purpose was for that the world could look out there and see Israel and know what God is like. And God would begin to to really impact all of the surrounding communities. And if you talk to Jews today, they still believe that's their purpose is to be a people like God. And that influences everybody around them. No wonder Hitler wanted to stomp them out. No wonder people want to take down the Jews because it's a constant reminder of who God is and what we were all created to be like is this image, this, this representation of who God is the temple. Okay. We saw the ideal in Eden with God dwelling with man. If you were reading this story and you see that this walk by faith is a walk back towards the ideal, what you'll see, you should expect to see, is some kind of meeting with God like there was in the Garden of Eden. And that is exactly what you'll begin to see, is God is now beginning to meet with man again. First, here with Abraham, with Abram, or soon to be Abraham, you see here in this story, God is actually beginning to come back towards man. We saw him get very distant during during the descent of humanity, during the, the crazy chaos of humanity. But we're beginning to see as Abram walks with by faith, God draws near to him. And it's going to climax in the tabernacle and the temple, which is we're, we'll talk about in the future. So we're going to see that this walk by faith is a walk back towards the ideal. But also we talked about order and chaos. You would expect to see in these people, And this people group, Israel, these people who come from Abram, you would expect to see them go from the chaos of the world, this murdering, violent world, to a civilization that is well-ordered. And that is exactly what you see. You see, it's amazing what God did with this people of Israel. Not only is he narrowing the playing field so we can know who the Messiah is going to be, but he's also kind of starting the new human project with this nation, with this family. And he's saying, hey, watch them. And if they obey my words, you'll see things get better. They go from chaos to order. Now, I'm not the only one who said this. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, there's our second president, John Adams. He says this, 
I will insist that the Hebrews have contributed more to civilized men than any other nation. If I were an atheist, I should still believe that fate had ordained the Jews to be the most essential instrument for civilizing the nations. That was our second president. He said this, hey, the reason that we have civilization today is because the Jews, they started acting with order. They started acting with this kind of, this godly type of actions, where literally their civilization wasn't in chaos, it was in order. And why was it? They walked by faith in the words of God, and they were returning back to the ideal. Uh, King Louis XIV of France, he asked uh, Blaise Pascal, who was the founder of the probability theory. He knew a thing or two about probability. He said to, uh, King Louis said to him, give me proof of God's existence. And Pascal said this, the Jews, your majesty, the Jews. Isn't that crazy? It is against all odds that there would be this people group that would survive basically almost extinction as they were dispersed by the Assyrians all across the continent. Yet they're still here and they're still imaging God and they're still one of the most ordered people around. God was beginning something here with Abram. He was beginning to undo what humanity broke in the fall. Now, it wasn't complete yet, but he was initiating it. He was beginning it. And you'll begin to see these threads from the ideal are beginning to be picked up again in this nation of Israel. And that's what we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. you so much for listening. I hope this was a help to you. I know I didn't have anybody else on the podcast with me, but I hope that you were able to follow along without some of the bouncing back and forth. But there's one thing I want to help you with. Maybe you were listening and it didn't make sense to you why it was all about faith. I'm going to upload a sermon about why faith always produces obedience and it's going to highlight that decision that Eve made in the garden. So if you still have questions about that, this was one of the most transformational truths that I learned and it can transform your life as well about how important faith is in becoming like Christ. Well, that's it for today. I hope that this was a help to keep going, keep growing, and we'll see you next week. 